The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. Turning into a week of the great unknown as the Bears get ready to meet the Titans in Nashville on Sunday because uh, right now they just don't know who's going to be available, especially on the offensive line as they uh, deal with COVID-19. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer with you as we welcome you into another edition of Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Uh, So it's kind of uh, been a weird day, weird week for the Bears because of the offensive line today. Uh, They had to... Moved the deck a little bit at practice yesterday. Then they could not practice today, Tom. They decided to shut down the building. There was a positive test for a unnamed player at the moment, and they are just waiting to find out what that means for the other players and or staff that may or may not be affected. So they're on hold right now until the league comes through with this. Yeah, you know, they are on hold, Jeff, but they're never on hold. Thank goodness for the technology of today. They can leave Hallis Hall and still be in the same room together and learn the game. You just imagine if this was 25 years ago when you're talking about reel-to-reel tape and that's how the players got prepared. And there is no way to everybody get together in the same room and still be able to teach the group of guys that might be in place on the offensive line for the game that you can still get the message across so you can still teach and you can still have open dialogue of conversation of improvement. Our producer tonight, Julio Rosales, uh, Jordan Treadup, Dan Brilli helping us out as well. Earlier this evening, uh, Matt Nagy, explain what's going on. Just waiting for answers. That's all we can really do. In the meantime, the one good thing is you can have a bunch of meetings uh, a lot of time to, to be able to meet. And sometimes you miss out on that a little bit when you're, when you're at the facility. So uh, it's funny. Some of us have been talking about that. It's kind of, we, we know the zoom thing now and we know these other ways to communicate FaceTime, et cetera. And it's nice to be able to, uh, to, to really get, get some other stuff done. And Tom, if they did practice today, there would be six players that would not practice added to the list for the first time this week, a rookie tight end Cole Komet working through a groin injury. Yeah, I saw that in the injury report, and it was disappointing because, um, you know, it just it just came upon us, and that's the one thing that concerns you because if if you if it was lingering from the game, we would have probably seen evidence of it, but maybe it's something that appeared in practice Wednesday and just didn't feel good enough to go to work um, on Thursday. So it's it's unfortunate but again uh you know preventative um with him is probably the best case scenario and mitchell trubisky does have a right shoulder injury we heard this yesterday that it was uh similar to uh the 2018 version that 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 shoulder the left one last year so he uh, according to Nagy, did did go out to la to get a second opinion so it leaves the season kind of up in the air yeah, and I'm so disappointed for Mitch. I'm not disappointed in what happened on the one play. Just the fact that the luck of Mitchell Trubisky, you know, it just seemed to have run out on that play. And then, you know, to hear people refer to it as him being used in a wildcat offense, he's a quarterback. He's not a running back that's gone back there to take the snap to run this one time. He was a quarterback that had a design running play, 
and that's what they did, and just super unfortunate how awkwardly he got tackled and the result of this injury. Because we don't know exactly what's going to happen, including to right guard Jermaine Effetti after the positive test for Jason Spriggs. Uh, he might be able to, to play on Sunday, but he is deemed high-risk close contact. That, again, got to wait and see if there's any uh, sort of issues that crop up. Uh, post uh, analysis of that. So it, it's going to put guys like Arlington Hambright. It's going to put guys like Pig Simmons. It's going to put guys uh, really in the crosshairs here and up to those offensive yeah. line coaches to shuffle the deck. It's up to the offensive line coaches to be able to shuffle to the deck. There's also probably 25 plays I could think off the top of my head that an offensive, could, uh, offensive line that's unorganized could run powerfully could run organized could run well so it's not like just because you do have a group of guys and you're facing the worst case scenario it is about getting the best selection of plays that you can powerfully run and then running them repeatedly and so would you keep it on the ground uh, yes, everything would go through David Montgomery. It would start with the threat of the running game. But I would not, you know, the shots that they took to Darnell Mooney and the shots that they've been able to take all year with Allen Robinson and hopefully more of an involvement for Anthony Miller. I'm still, you know, I am still would like to go downfield. This is not a defensive line that I think the Bears, you know, should uh, – you know, change their game plan because of the offensive line issues. What that Titans defense does do well, though, they get their hands on the football in the passing game. They broke it up a league-high 44 passes. That leads to a lot of tip passes and a lot of interceptions. So they've got a plus-eight turnover ratio. That's something yeah. the Bears got to stay away from on the road against a team that plays very physical, really just like their head coach, Mike Vrabel, played as a, as a player with the New England Patriots in his great career. He coaches the same way. It's a tough-minded outfit at 5-2. and two. The Bears going in at 5-3. and three. Coming up, we'll talk more about it with a familiar name in Bears history. Dave McGinnis, the former Bears assistant, now part of the radio crew for Titans Radio with Mike Keith. He'll be joining us. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, Charles Peanut Tillman will reminisce, walk down memory lane on his peanut punch, the legendary four-force fumble the game against the Titans. It's all coming up next. Here on 670 The Score, it's brought to you by IGS Energy. This is Bears All Access. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Microsoft Surface and CDW. People who get it, learn more at CDW.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Pleased to welcome the radio analyst of the Tennessee Titans, but more prominently known as longtime Bears assistant, Cardinals head coach, and a veteran of many, many decades of professional football, the guy we call Coach Mack, Dave McGinnis. Dave, how you doing? Jeff, how are you doing, man? Great to hear from you. Is Tom Thayer there with you? Oh, yeah. You know, virtually, but he, he's here. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I could not be any happy. You know, I'm a broadcasting guru now, and I could not be any happier to talk to any more two people than you guys. Oh, yeah, that's right. I like hearing that, Big Dave. I like hearing that. You tell that to all the announcing crews, don't you? I do not. I absolutely <laughs> do not. <laughs> how, how are things going for you down there? Are you, are you enjoying it now? You've been doing it for several years. Uh, you have the gift of uh, analysis, but you also are a great communicator, so it's a natural fit for a guy that loves the game. Keeps your foot in it, doesn't it? You know what it really does, Jeff? I, I, I've really enjoyed it. Of course, I love doing it with Mike Keith. You know, when I was I was out in L.A., you know, after you know, I was out there with, with Jeff Fisher, and when Jeff Fisher got let go at the Rams, I still had time on my contract out there, so I was just 
kind of chilling on Malibu Beach out there. And the Titans called and asked if I would be interested in doing it. And I, and I said, you know, I would be interested back here because of Mike Keith. And, and then plus, you know, I, I worked here as a coach, you know, with Jeff Fisher as his assistant head coach and linebacker coach for eight years. And I, and I really enjoyed the organization. I love Nashville. And this is my fourth season doing it. I absolutely love it. And it's really morphed into more than I thought it would. I thought I was just going to come back here, do some games. They flew me back and forth to L.A. the first year I was doing it. And then they said, you know, they asked if I would move back here. And now, I mean, I'm, I'm on four radio shows. I've got my own <laughs> show. i got my own show, Mac Talk, for an hour on Wednesday night. And I mean, guys, I love doing this. I really do. I mean, it's so much fun. I mean, I love it. Hey, Big Dave, it's good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on with us. Um, hey, um, Big Dave, in, so if you're on the sidelines and you're coaching and you have the stadium atmosphere you have or you look at it, the atmosphere you have from the broadcast booth, what would be different about your style of coaching um, on the sideline under these circumstances? And, and how is it like how do you get revved up into the game um, with the silent stadiums that we're going through now? You know what, Tom, it's, I mean, we're traveling still. And now we travel separate from the team as Titans radio. But still being in that first ball game we did when we went up, we, we, did, we did Denver. And, and it was very, very eerie. And Mike Keith, you know, who's, you know, been doing this forever. It's a Hall of Famer here in, in Tennessee doing this. He does it with the windows open. So, I mean, to get the feel of the fans and the stadium and, and, and the atmosphere that you're talking about, Tom, that, you know, you and I both experienced as a coach and a player all the years we were in this league. It was very eerie. It was very strange. Once the game started, you could feel the competitive energy on the field from the players. But there is some element that the fans truly bring to this game, and, and, and you miss it. You really do. And even when you know they, they, they put the noise in at the, 70, at, the, at the decimal level of 75, it's, you know, it still was not like – and you know what it felt like? The first game here when we were able to have 8,500 people in the stands, it felt like they were 85,000, you know, because at least you had live people making noise again. And so it was very strange. I think we've all kind of gotten used to it a little bit. But I can't wait for the day as to when these things are packed again, Tom. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, it's just as you know, it's an all-time first. As long as we've been around the NFL or football in general, from Pee Wee to high school on up, it's it's just the first time for us that we've gone through something like this. You know, I was reading some comments by Vrabel the other day, and he said at this point in the season, teams are going in two different directions. They keep getting better or not. And last year they kind of improved throughout the season. And then you look at where they're at right now. You know, they cut a guy last week. They lost a couple games. But is I, it seems like Vrabel is always the guy right now that's in control of what's going on in Tennessee. And that statement about getting better or not, I think, sends a clear message to what he expects out of his guys. Tom, I promise you, I know how you were as a player. And, and again, much respect. For you as a player, I mean, I mean that group that I first started out with in Chicago 35 years ago. I mean, you guys were real, and and, and you you were all professionals, and you understood what it took. That's what Mike Vrabel is. I mean, you know, he he just he's real. He understands it. He gets it. He gets the National Football League on all the all different levels, and he's a hundred percent right. I mean, you know, uh, he and John Robinson both. I mean, they made some moves today you know you know sitting here you know as a you know as a five and two football team 
and and you know they they just they had just signed a player this year as a one year free agent for nine and a half million. He wasn't producing. They let him go. They cut him. So and, and you know it's not about the money. It's about what's best to make the football team better this week and the week moving forward. I promise you this, Tom Thayer. I know you very well. You would love playing for Mike Vrabel. I promise you. Yeah, they both look at the game from a very specific angry lens on game day, don't you think? They set their jaw a little bit, both of these guys. Dave McGinnis, uh, the longtime NFL coach and now radio analyst for the Tennessee Titans, joining us here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, this is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. All right, it's easy to just say that these Tennessee Titans are all about Derrick Henry, and that's it at everything. Offense, defense, special teams revolves around that rugged running back. That is not the case, but, boy, is he a big part of this. Uh, can you crystallize exactly what he does for that entire football team, honestly? Yeah, Jeff, and, 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 and let me just say this. Uh, this football team, you know, was, you know, came together last year when Mike Vrabel, you know, made, made a move. I've been a head coach in this league, and he made a move that was very tough to make. He took basically the face of the franchise in the third quarter at Denver last year and benched him and, 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 and put a new quarterback in. And, and we all know the ramifications of that. Ryan Tannehill had come here uh, and agreed to be a backup after being an 88-game starter and a first-round pick, you know, in Miami. And since then, just because uh, of that move that Mike Vrabel made, you know, and, and Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill's a huge part of this success too. But I think just the combination – of Mike Vrabel and the attitude that he and John Robinson and Amy Adams Strunk, you know, who's now the controlling owner of this franchise, the, the, the atmosphere that they've created around here of making football the most important thing for this organization has been huge. On the football field, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry has come on. And, look, every, we, everybody watches the tape, and they know that, that the things offensively, that the Titans are doing, it generates off that outside zone run. But all the play action and everything happens when that outside zone or inside zone run can work. The thing about this run game here is it, it, Arthur Smith, who is calling this, he is patient enough to turn it, turn around and hand it off time and time again because sooner or later, Tom, look, Tom, Tom Block for one of the greatest running backs in the history of the National Football League, and every run wasn't a big run. But every run counted because sooner or later you're going to be able to dent the, the defensive front and you're going to be able to take their will. That's what this offense does. But Ryan Tannehill and his play-action passing game, it's been a huge part and a great compliment to what Derrick Henry has done. Hey, Dave, when you look at the, inju- or the issues that the Bears are having in the offensive line through injuries in the last couple of weeks and the COVID uh, protocol is this something that this defense needs this offensive line at this time in their season? Because, you know, they're a good defense, but they're not as productive um, in terms of sacks and everything that a, a Vrabel-led defense, you know, probably is used to. Yeah, Tom, let's, 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 just, go back, let's just go back to last week in the game that the, that the Titans have just lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. They were in the same shape, maybe worse offensive line-wise, and all week on all the programs I was on and any, any uh, analysis that I gave during the week, I said, don't be fooled by this 
because here's what happens, and especially nowadays in the National Football League, you know how much the game has spread out width-wise in the National Football League now. It's a different game. And what they did, they went to the quick passing game, empty the backfield, really because, you know, they're not a heavy running team up there at Cincinnati. They took the offensive line prominence out of the ball game and just started spreading it around. And then what they did was they would get to third down, and then the Titans could not get them out on third down. So they were able to continue the drives, eat up a lot of clock, so when the Titans offense got a hold of the, foot, of the football, normally what they've done is driven down and scored points. Well, they stopped them twice from not scoring points, and all of a sudden you've got score separation and you're chasing it. So the first thing or the last thing that this Tennessee Titans team is going to do is fall into the trap of thinking that they've got a deficient offensive line at the Bears they're playing against this, this week. I promise you that. Dave McGinnis, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, and this is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. A word on the defense, because it does take the ball away. They get their hands on more balls than any team in the league right now, 44 pass breakups, but that third down number, is that the Achilles heel right now? It's in a, it's in a crazy hemisphere of 62%. Yeah, Jeff, it really is. And, I mean, Mike Vrabel has been very pointed about that. And, and look, all of us have been around the game long enough. You guys myself, all your listeners included, you can't live like that in the National Football League because the National Football League, you know, is about is about several things. But when you want to break it down and really dig down inside a National Football League game series by series, it's about being able to steal possessions by making your opponent punt. I mean, that's what it's about. That's where all field position generates from. That's where everything germinates from is being able to limit possessions. And, and it's not all about sacks, but it's getting them out of – First of all, it's fighting to get him to third down, and then it's getting, um, getting them out on third down and, and getting possession for your offense. 61% clip, I mean, that's, that's historically not good. And so clearly that is something that Mike Vrabel is very pointed about. Look, he, he's got three Super Bowl rings as a player. He understands what it takes to be able to be successful and allowing your opponent to convert 61% of their third downs, that's not being successful. So when you look at a guy like Derrick Henry, you know, it seems like every offense that we look at in the NFL, it always starts with the conversation of the quarterback and what type of quarterback he is. And Ryan Tannehill, he's a good quarterback. He's got a good arm. He's a good athlete and stuff. But the influence of this offense is Derrick Henry. Even the even when you look at the receivers and stuff and the way they benefit from play action when they can have max protection and run two guys out in routes and the value that they have. So it is – it, it seems to me that the full effort of concentration is to stop Derrick Henry and, and get to Ryan Tannehill if he can. Yeah, Tom, and, and look, last year Derrick Henry had more yards per carry than any back in the league against an eight-man-plus front because that's what you're going to get. I mean, uh-huh. you know, it's no secret. You know, yeah. they know here they're going to see an eight-man front all day. The the key to it is, and look, you 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 were an offensive lineman for Walter. You you know you know what the key was. It was you have to be able to still be willing to stick with the run when it's not successful at first. You know that. And you have to continue to let your offensive linemen get their cleats to the ground and continue to push and work at it. And sooner or later, you know, it, it you, you begin to be able to dent and to crack you know, the defensive front. Now, the defensive front that Chicago has, I'm very, very impressed with. I mean, you know me. I mean, I'm 31 years all about defense in this league, and I know a good defense when I see it. Chicago has that. 
So it's going to take a maximum effort to everybody. But believe me, just because you have eight people up there doesn't mean they're not going to run the football. Yeah, I, I couldn't wait to ask you about the linebackers, too, because, you know, Khalil Mack, if he's not getting sacks, people don't think he's making a big impression. Yet in the league right now, I dare dare you to find two other, three other guys that are getting more pressure on the quarterback than Khalil Mack is doing right now and underrated against the run. So your thoughts on Khalil, and then I am on the, on the wagon right now with Roquan Smith playing at a Pro Bowl level because he covers a lot of territory, every blade of grass, and that's exactly what you need to do against this team. Let me tell you what, what they traded for, what they traded to get Khalil Mack, he's worth every bit of it. I love Khalil Mack because here's what I love about him. And, I, you know, of course, I, I still do the draft. We do a big draft show here. I've always done the draft. You know, uh, uh, I've vetted 200 players a year. I love the draft. I love – and the, the one thing that I, that I remember writing down about Khalil Mack was whether or not he is involved in the play, he's doing something violent every snap. And I love that. And that is extremely, extremely important because that guy is a disruptor. He's a disruptor, and, and it's just not sack numbers. You know, he, he makes his presence felt. A lot like some of those linebackers I had the privilege to coach when I was at the Bears. When you got Otis Wilson and Wilbur Marshall lined up, they may not be sacking them all the time, but I promise you they knew they were on the field. That's the way it is with Khalil Mack. I mean, uh, and Roquan Smith, I loved him coming out of Georgia. I love the player because of this. He can run. He is, he, here's what he is. He is a second-level eraser. And, 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 and when, I, when I write that down about a linebacker that I'm, that I'm vetting coming out, it means that regardless of where the play ends up, he's got a great GPS to the ball. Some guys don't have as good a GPS to the ball as others. His is excellent. Dave, you know, when you say that you follow the draft and you kind of evaluate these guys coming out of college, you know, the one thing over the last 20 years that's changed is when, when you started in the NFL that you were – you know, tagged with you are a four-three style defensive coach, or you're a three-four style defensive coach. Period, and that's pretty much what you stayed in the majority of the time. Now there is no rhyme or reason to putting a number of what type of defensive coach you are, because you have to have such morphability to what you're facing week in and week out. So how do you look at a guy that, you know, when you played with through the days of Singletary and now you look at a guy like Roquan Smith, is Roquan good for any defense? And if you put Singletary in these days, is he good for any defense? No, absolutely. First of all, Singletary is good for any defense. But let me tell you, Tom, what has happened, especially if you're talking about the line. It's because you are playing against so many you're playing against 11 personnel most all the time now. You're either playing against 11 personnel, which, as you well know, and for your listeners, it's one tight, three wide, one back, or and I'm talking first down, first through third down, or you're playing 12 personnel, which is two tights, two wides, and one back, but one of those tight ends is a, is a big receiver that's split out. Okay, and so what you're doing now, as you you well know, as you well know, it's a matchup game in the National Football League, and so you are playing sub package most all of the time. Even if you are a three four team, when you have got when you're going against eleven personnel and they got you spread out, you're going to be four man spacing up front because you've got to cover down with your other people, whether it's a sub package nickel with two backers behind the ball, or it's a dime with a hybrid safety that's playing a hybrid linebacker or playing a hybrid safety so you know you can say you're if, if people are going to line up if you can find people that line up in one tight end two running backs 
and 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 a wideout on one side and a wideout on the other, then you could line up in five man spacing. Okay, but most of the time now your five man spacing is coming from five across the board, even against eleven personnel. Whether you're either going to pressure and play man to man, or you're going to fake pressure and fall out and play a match zone with it. So it's it's because of what the offenses are presenting and the matchup that it presents to your defense as to what you have to morph into, which is a good word that you use. Big Dave, I felt like I just went to school. Way to go. I love it. I love it. Great stuff. We're going to let you go. Good luck on Sunday. I hope it all goes well for both teams. And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Continued success. Wish we'd see you down there, but we don't travel, unfortunately, this year. So uh, you guys uh, hold, hold, hold the spot for us, though, down the road, will you? Guys, it was my it was my pleasure. It's always great talking talking to you guys, Jeff, Tom. Thank you very much. Loved it, guys. Thank you, Dave okay. McGinnis, the radio analyst for the Tennessee Titans and former Chicago Bear assistant coach. We'll continue on coming up next. Charles Peanut Tillman reminiscing a little bit about a big game against the Titans many years ago. This is Bears All Access game. on Chicago game Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Hey, Bears fans, it's important to stay connected now more than ever. And at Motorola, we love making that possible. With the new Razor, you can enjoy staying connected a little bit more. It's a phone. It's an accessory. It's an icon reinvented. Hello, Moto. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer. Welcome back to Bears All Access. Brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Speaking of icon, joining us now, the wonderfully outstanding and a guy we miss so much around the building at Hallis Hall and every Sunday is uh, – the best cornerback in Bears history, in my opinion, Charles Peanut Tillman. Charles, thanks for joining us tonight. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Should I have a mask on talking to y'all? <laughs> or it won't should hurt. I, am I am I am I okay talking on the phone without a mask? Because I hear uh, Hallis Hall had a bit of a had a bit of a breakdown. I hear Hallis Hall got the COVID. Well, yeah, that it is going around a little bit. So we're going to get more clarity coming up here, hopefully tomorrow or a bit later tonight on what's going on. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's one you know if you and we we just had Dave McGinnis on the uh, former Bears assistant coach now doing Titans radio as an analyst like like our good friend Tom here you know if you if you are a player today and and dealing with all of that's going on and and these constant uh, abrupt changes to your day how would you adapt or, or would you or is that just the nature of the beast as an NFL player you adapt no matter what. Well, I play defense, man. We always adapt. We're always making changes and making adjustments. So my first instinct or, yeah, I'll just say I, I would have to adapt. You would have to adapt learning how to not play in front of fans, you know. So you just – this whole season, this whole year has been just one big adjustment that the entire world has had to make. So, yeah, you just got to adapt and adjust. Stadium, would Hello? it change anything about your game? Would it would it improve your communications? Um, what do you? How do you think that you'd go about your business with no one in, in the stands? Well, it wouldn't be loud, that's for sure. I, that kind of pissed me off because uh, probably one of the best things about Soldier Field is third down, and then they used to have the John Candy. And uh, what's the name of the movie? The Great Outdoors. Yeah, yeah. The, the bear would come in, and he was like stomping on John Candy's back. That's probably yeah, so one of the, the the greatest one of the greatest memories about Soldier Field. Um, 
because I would sit there and it would get so freaking loud. And you put your hands up wanting the um, you want the fans to really get into it. Uh, that part would suck. That's 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 not cool. That fans aren't able to be there. So third down, you got third and one. You know, two minutes left. You're down. You're trying to get the ball back for your offense. And I, I think in some regard, it, it might be a little just a percent. It might be a little tough to get motivated. Just just a percent because you don't have your you don't have that fan support. Because there are plenty of times where I was tired, and then you hear the fans start cheering, and it's just you know it, it's just something about that energy. That atmosphere, it, it it's an adrenaline boost, you know, and it, it, it gets you going. And yeah. for all the people who say fans don't matter, they do. We, we we feed off that energy. We really do. Yeah, that definitely is the case. I made that point to Tom. Uh, all these games this year, it, with the exception of one in L.A., have been tight affairs where you would hope uh, that the fans would be there because the defense could really use them. Because right now, there's no home field advantage in the National Football League. There really isn't because of that. Uh, yeah. You know, that, does it, that just is muted. But November of 2012, you were on the road in Nashville, and you did have a home field advantage because every Bears fan under the sun came down to watch that and partied their butts off and watched one of the greatest overall three-phase performances by a Bears team in a while, putting up 51 points, and you – we're at the forefront of it all with four of your famous peanut punch force fumbles. That game is, is being brought back to life, doing part to this game, but a lot's been written. There have been features done. Uh, and do you feel you're back in the spotlight, so to speak, here in the last week or so? Uh, <laughs> in a sense, yeah, just because um, I think now people are starting to catch on that you can make the tackle and punch out the ball. And guess what? You get the takeaway. And if you're plus one, it's a chance of winning the game. So I think people are finally starting to catch on to uh, the peanut punch. So, yeah, um, I'm excited to watch it. Every time I see it on TV, every time one of the, the analysts or uh, commentators, they throw me a little shout-out. Uh, appreciate it. Much love. ABC – or not ABC, excuse me, uh, NBC, ESPN, NFL Network – uh, Fox, appreciate all the, the shout outs y'all give me. But it's 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 kinda it's kinda cool to see. It really is. It just further lets me know that, hey, I just left my mark. Uh, I tried to leave my mark on the game. I, I I left it all out on the field. Hey, you know, Peanut so in that game Brian Billa called you M V P of the league at that point in the season. And when you when you think about the peanut bunch, you know, you're the creator of it. But it, can it? Do you think it can be coached? It can be learned, or do you just think that's a value that you had that I, it's just hard to create in other guys? No, I, I definitely think it can be coached. Um, you just have to know one when to do it, and two how to do it, and three you just kind of have to have the wherewithal, meaning uh, the hand-eye coordination, to actually accomplish the punch itself and make the tackle. So, yeah, I definitely think you can it's, – it's, we're professional athletes, man. We do some amazing things. All – every defensive back, every linebacker, they're they're all capable. Even DB or D linemen, they're all capable of doing it. I don't care how you know, big, how small. You know, it's amazing. In that game, Erlacher had a peanut punch from behind on the, the, the running back there that created one of the, oh, the turnovers. So, it's an obvious that – Brian gets to see you so much on tape, so much on video that, you know, just reenact, you know, the pre-thinking of how, you you know, what would Charles do and then being able to do that. But one thing I got to ask you about, and I hope you don't mad at me, 
I've been on, I was on kickoff return my whole career, and I got holding calls on kickoff return. You had a holding call on a punt return, <laughs> and I'm thinking of the returner at that point, Devin Hester. When you had that responsibility for that type of returner, even though you caught you created the four fumbles, do you even remember a play like that, or is it completely washed out of your system? Completely washed out of my system. I think you're lying. I don't even remember that play. <laughs> you're over there telling stories. I, 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 watched the, I watched the game today. I don't even, I why are you watching that I, game? I why are we watching special would, teams? Just watch the defense. <laughs> Boo! Don't don't watch this. I would thing. never insult no, I, you I, by I, making that, ac- that <laughs> accusation. I don't even remember that, man. I've never even given up a touchdown. You know, DB's got short memory. <laughs> I've never even given up a touchdown. I've I've never had a bad play. Never in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, I like it. Nothing. Well, I was impressed. I, that, I was impressed that you were on punt return at that point. Oh man, I've I. Literally was on punt return since 2003 to 2015. When I went to Carolina the next year, I was still on punt return. I played punt return for 13 years straight. Wow. Non-stop. And if you look on Devin's plays, I'm on a lot of Devin's uh, (laughs) – I'm on damn near 97% of Devin's uh, touchdowns or just all of his returns, 97%. Part of the caravan leading to the end zone. (laughs) Uh, Part of the caravan leading to the end zone. Shout yes. out to Dave Tobe, one of the greatest first teams coach of all time. And, and, you know, one thing more on, like, Tom's point that, yes, can everybody do it? But the one thing is, though, your body type was unique, and it was in the age of now, okay, getting these big corners. I could still remember Jerry Angel. Oh, I love big corners. I love big corners. You had the length. You had the arms. Uh, you were a wiry guy but super strong. You, you stayed super fit your entire career you you were very uh much adaptable to any situation um and do you don't you think that helped though that length oh uh, yeah you, you definitely couldn't do it with uh alligator arms you know not to take a shot at tim jennings or anything like that but you know <laughs> tim was what five five nine on a good day yeah. yeah you know the the length definitely helped me um yeah the length the height because I didn't have to be super, super close, kind of like a boxer, you know, that reach, you, you're, you're able to be a little bit further away uh, for that punch. But in all honesty, I, I, I just was – and Lance never lets me forget it. Uh, he always brings this up. He was, you know, for that – I think the last forced fumble that I, I, I punched the ball out on the tight end, he was like, man, I got to give it to you. Now, you you pretty committed when you, when you do those punches because you're willing to take a – a hand to the face, a stiff arm, like you was going to get trucked, but I got to give it to you, man. You can get trucked and still punch the damn ball out. So I tip my hat to you, nutty buddy. So I just, I don't know. I, I think you it serves you better if you're closer to the guy, if you can punch it out. You know, Peanut, that's a great observation by Lance because when I was watching that tape and the one you punched away from Jared Cook, I was amazed at the type of shot that you had to commit yourself to taking by putting your body in the right position and then landing with all that weight right up directly on your back. So, I, yeah, you know, hats off to you because when you were going in there for the commitment – you were you were not you were in control of the football, but you know the brunt of the abuse, man, was impressive. Yeah, I, I, once I commit, I'm kamikaze style. I'm 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 committed all the way through. And 
I don't think I took too many L's when when I committed and landed on my back. I don't I don't think I took too many L's. I I, I think I I did start more punches than than losses. So yeah, it's I think it's you got to know your body and you just got to be willing to put it all out there. You can't you can't go half half speed because then you're really gonna get run over. Kind of like you know y'all you guys ever did taekwondo? You guys ever kick the boards and you got to punch through the board? Yeah, you got to punch through. You can't you can't stop when you get to the board. You got to just you got to commit and go all the way through. Charles Peanut Tillman, our That's guest, remaining smile. moments with uh, Charles. Uh, real quick, because it's cool for me. I got two questions actually. Two, because when you're going through all the notes for every game and the opposing teams putting, you know, trying to trumpet one of their own players or whatever, your name is still coming up there as the most touchdown returns since or the most fumbles for since. So your name keeps coming up. It's still living and breathing. So today's younger players get to know exactly what you were all about. It wasn't just the peanut punch. You got pick sixes. You got fumble return touchdowns. Like you said, you're always in clear view of of Devin on those uh, caravans to the end zone. Uh, Does that mean a lot to you that your name is living on, man? It's not going away. Yeah, um, it's just legacy. Um, that's, that's, that's really kind of what I wanted to leave behind, leave my mark. Um, Steve Wilkes used to always talk about time, you know, time is life's most precious gift, time, time, time. And when you die, it'll be your birth date, 1981 dash. And then the day you pass, well, what do you represent in that dash? Like, what have you accomplished? What have you done? Who have you helped? You know, what did you teach people? What did you tell people? What was your character? So on and so forth. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I want my dash to mean something. And I wanted to, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't go to the best school. I didn't, you know, I didn't go to the best high school or I wasn't highly recruited. People didn't know who I am when they drafted me. So I kind of had a chip on my shoulder and I wanted to prove to people that I was worthy enough to be in the league and too worthy enough to be the 35th pick or second round draft pick, 35th pick overall. And I want, I wanted that dash to, to represent or my play to represent my dash and just, you know, whatever you do, man, leave your mark. That's, 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 that's what I'm about. I, I left everything on the field. I had some good games. I had a few bad games. But I had more good ones than bad ones. But in in all, I I gave whatever team I was on, it was Carolina or Chicago. I literally gave you one thousand percent of what I had, and I think my success kind of showed that. That I literally just I just put it all out there. I went out. I went all out every single time, and I was just about my teammates. If Devin needed me out, if Dave Tobe needed me out there to help Devin get in the end zone or well, hell if we got the greatest returner in the history of the league, I will do whatever you want me to do. If I'm super tired, I can, I can suck it up and go another play to help Devin get in the end zone. And it is just, it's just really about team. You know, if you want it more than the next person or want it more for a Brian Erlacher, a Lance Briggs, a Devin Hester, uh, a Alex Brown or who, you know, Mike Brown, I wanted it more for them. So if I can put it all out there for them, I know they're going to put it all out there for me. And then when you guys, when you have guys that think like that, that's when you know you have a, 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 a great team 
And that's, that's, that's what we had on defense. Guys were just putting it all out there for each other, not just themselves. It was bigger than me. It was about my teammates. Awesome. Born in Chicago, raised in Texas, and then thoroughly one of the best Bears in history, one of their top 100 greatest of all time, and a Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year in 2013. Charles, thank you so much for joining us. We ran out of time. I'd love to hear your thoughts on another 33 before we go, though. Real quick, Jalen Johnson. Yeah, um, I think he's playing well. I, I do want to talk to him about when the receiver, when the quarterback gets outside the pocket, he's still covering the receiver. If you can talk to him, tell him just to push the receiver down. When the quarterback gets outside the tackle box, push the receiver down. You get to hit him again. Push him out of bounds. Just push him down. Just run up and just hit him as hard as you can. They're not going to expect it. And, yeah, that's what I would convey to him. Other than that, I think he's doing pretty good. But that's just my biggest critique with him. Noted. Push the Noted. receiver out of bounds. I like it. Push him I like down. It. Understand the rules. You can push him down and go cover somebody else. And I guarantee you the quarterback is going to throw the guy the ball who you push out of bounds, and it's just a free play. <laughs> and you be like, hey, what happened? He, he Sounds went out of good. bounds. <laughs> All, All right. right, Charles, thank you so much. Thanks for reminiscing with us. Yeah, thank no worries. Have a good one. Mm-hmm. Charles, Charles, Peanut Tillman, our guest. We'll take a break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 11.05 on Fox 32 Chicago. Or watch anytime at ChicagoBears.com and the Bears official app. Bears did not practice today. If you're just joining us, they hope to tomorrow. They're going to learn more tonight about contact tracing to a positive test of a yet to be named officially by the organization player. Uh, at a minimum, Tom, the offensive line juggled for sure. Uh, there's a list of six players that would not have practiced today. And uh, it's it's a complicated situation as they go on the road. Yeah, you know, I, I really applaud uh, Juan Castillo, how organized he's been with the minimal amount of bodies out there. And then the way everybody else pitches in to get practice run efficiently yesterday when they're on the field. But like I said, and um, it, it sounded like Matt was saying the same thing, that they're fortunate to have the ability to go face-to-face during the important time of meetings because, you know, there's other guys that are going to probably have to contribute given the suspension of Javon Wims. I would hope to see Riley Ridley at least on the game day activation to possibly get a rep or two. So I think the mental part of it that these guys should still be held to a high standard because – they, they can well, go through that process. I mean, that's it. And you're out of the head today, Matt Nagy said, hey, we told these guys a long, long time ago, be ready at any point, including coaches, because there could be new responsibilities based on COVID, and you might have to play, and it's turning out to be true. You mentioned Riley Ridley. We've all been waiting, and offensive coordinator Bear Laser this morning, one of two coaches to, to talk before they shut down Hallis Hall, uh, he says, you know, we do root for players. And they're rooting for Riley Ridley. People don't realize how much you, you pull for these guys. You know, you watch them all the time. You see them, you know, you're, you're always, you're just, you're just hoping. And you don't want someone else to get hurt for them to get their opportunity. But, but as coach, I think naturally you, you pull for them. You, you want to see them succeed. You want to see them step up, not just for the good of the team, but, but also for them personally. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's kind of how I look at it with Riley. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not only 
do I know we may need him to step up to help us win this week, but I'm, I'm really pulling for him personally. Well, you know, I, I, yeah, there's a lot of people that you pull for through the course of career. However, they're making their own opportunity where what is the one thing that is uh, Riley Ridley is not winning on the most? What What is his deficiency? Where is it right now that you can do that evaluation? If you could identify that, then you can encourage him to do whatever he's not doing better. And is it just talent or is there something that's holding him back? Because I want to see him on the field. To me, there was a period in training camp that he was really exciting out there. And Javon Wims uh, going to serve his two-game suspension uh, without pay. Uh, he tried to get that appeal, but uh, that appeal was denied. That will give the opportunity for uh, Riley Ridley potentially on Sunday against the Titans. All right, we're going to take one more break. We're back with some quick thoughts to wrap things up before we turn it over to the Thursday Night Football here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back, everybody, to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff and Tom wrapping things up here on our show. Thanks again to Charles Peanut Tillman and to uh, Dave McGinnis. Uh, very good detailed descriptions of uh, what's going on with their respective uh, analysis and careers. And it's always good to talk to those guys. Uh, I was hoping to play you a bit of our interview that will air on Bears Game Day Live on Fox 1030 Sunday morning in advance of the noon kickoff against the Titans with Jalen Johnson because uh, something really stuck struck with me, Tom, because, you know, it really does tick him off that he's the 50th pick in round two of the draft when he very, very much should have been a first-round pick in his mind. He'll live with that for the rest. And he goes, it's just something I didn't do that caused me to be a second-round pick. There must be something that I – and it, it, he's putting it on him more. I mean, it, that's exactly what I love about this guy. He is all about it, man. He wants to be something. Well, you know, that's why, you know, when you look at Peanut, when I see 33 run on the field and we just talked to Charles Tillman, I see Charles Tillman in the body structure, the styes, and the jog out to the field of Jalen Johnson. But, you know, what he's been able to face in short notice, but you talked about the accomplishment of his other college teammates and how well they're playing. Maybe those guys fed and believed off of each other and were able to develop skills faster because they had such a good supporting cast. I mean, you could make a case at least three, maybe four of those quarterbacks would be in the Hall of Fame at this point in their careers. It's a, it's a different time in their careers, but uh, that Bears defense, and he was getting attacked. He's the most attacked corner in the league uh, at this point. Uh, he, he hung in there. He's got 10 pass breakups, which is uh, some impactful stuff, and that quarterback rating was in, like, eight, low 80s for all those quarterbacks. So, they, they really did some great things. All right, how are you going to tackle the big boy Sunday? You know, you better commit, and you better have multiple bodies around him. You better make him make one hesitation step before he's immediate contact to you because we've seen running backs of all sizes. When they're determined, they have their head down, they have their speed going forward. It takes a lot of confidence for these defensive backs to jump in front of them. So if they can get those big guys up front just to make them have that hesitation step, I think you'll have a lot more help on the back end of the defense, the second level and the third level. Got to set that edge, though, because they are when he gets going with a head of steam turning and uh, the end, forget about it. He is going to hit the gas and go, and that's a tough but guy to stop. But the more you make him go laterally, 
But make him more, you go laterally to get that edge. I think that's the thing that slows him down the most. All right, Tom, we'll talk on Sunday, 9 a.m. pregame noon kickoff on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. Kicking it off with Ron, Jim, and Jay in our pregame show. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to Julio Rosales, Jordan Trenup, and Dan Brody. I'm Jeff Joniak for Tom Thayer. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thursday night football, the 49ers hosting the Packers. Coming up next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.